Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and still the only, we believe, legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HPL Yamalaba and Pleska. And as ever, is the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalaba. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Now, this time, it's a very special edition of Logical. We took a, a very short, a quick look at the new UAE employment law uh, recently. And I want to get into detail because there's an awful lot to discuss. Ludmilla, let's move on to part six. This is uh, kind of split into two sections, really. Termination of employment relationships under the new law, but also end of employment uh, entitlements. Let's start with termination by a company. Uh, yes. So um, general premise here, and this is nothing new. It's the same uh, premise that existed before that in the UE employment is always at will. It has always been at will and it remains to be at will, which means that either party can terminate at any point in time for any reasons. Uh, and it just becomes a matter of compensation. So it's not the case. and It's never been the case that, for example, an employer could uh, uh, could force you to continue working for them. And equally so, an employee cannot force the company to continue to employ them against their will. Uh, so that's a, a, a very, I think, progressive concept, but normal, but yet progressive, because in some countries it's not so easy to terminate someone, for example. So companies always could terminate, but it, but the, in terms of the compensation and uh, the grounds for which they could terminate and the, com- the resulting compensation, things are different. Uh, on the basis of whether it was termination for cause or termination without cause. Uh, And if it was termination for cause, how it was documented. Uh, And if it was termination for cause, then what benefits they would lose out uh, and uh, so on and so forth. So there was quite a bit of um, uh, almost mapping out to try to figure out what what entitlements employees would be uh, uh, what could expect if they were terminated. Uh, but more importantly, there was um, in just at a high level before employee employers could always terminate the employee. But if they terminate an employee for what was back then called uh, Article 120, termination for valid reason, the termination for cause. In the past, uh, termination for cause was quite um, uh, be, uh, really usually applied for fairly severe uh, offenses uh, now, and, and it exists a sort of a similar version of, of that article exists right now. Before it was Article One Twenty, now it's Article Forty Four, and that's you know so employees can be terminated for cause, for example, if there's false identity, gross material loss, legal violations, but there has to be there's, there have be, they have to be documented in writing and with notice. Uh, or if there's failure to perform main duties, but you know it still requires investigations and warnings. If there's, for example, substance abuse during working hours, if there are acts, uh, if employees act against morals uh, in the workplace, if, for example, interesting enough, there's verbal, physical, or other form of assault in the UAE that uh, that's uh, conducted by employees, um, that's also cause for for termination. If employees are, for example, absent without legal costs for more than 20 days uh, per year or seven consecutive days, uh, or if they abuse a position for personal gain and profit, or if they work for another company without complying with applicable regulations. So any one of these sort of um, grounds uh, constitute grounds uh, for termination for cause by the company. 
Previously, this was uh, considered um, termination under Article 120. Now it's Article 44. So in the past, if employees were terminated for Article 120, again, there was fairly high burden of proof in terms of documenting uh, termination and also giving requisite notices before employees are terminated for that reason. Uh, but what's more interesting is that now, when employees are terminated for cause, companies still are obligated to pay employees end of service. So in the past, if employees were terminated under Article 120, then they would, uh, they would lose out on all of the end of service entitlements. Now, it's, uh, those entitlements are still there. Uh, they might be terminated without notice and no compensation, for example, for arbitrary dismissal. But with regards to the end of service benefits, they still retain them. Now, let me give you an example. So someone working for a company for 10 years, and then all of a sudden, the company realizes they do something, they can conduct themselves improperly, and it's a significant enough uh, breach uh, for them to actually be terminated under Article 120. Uh, that's fair enough, but also that same employee worked for the company for 10 years, so gave service for the company for 10 years, so it couldn't have been that bad uh, for the company for the last 10 years uh, for them to um, deprive you know, of all of the end of service, which they would have accumulated for every year of service, which in this case would be 10 years. So in the past, this end of service last 10 years would have been waived. Uh, so, or would have been lost altogether. And it, uh, many cases like this happened. Uh, so in a way, it's a bit unfair because uh, it's one thing to terminate someone moving forward for having conducted something illegal. Uh, but uh, the benefits that uh, they would have accrued or, over the term of their entitlements or employment uh, should remain. Uh, at least that's the logic behind this new law. So now, even though there is specific provision on how companies can terminate, uh, under for cause, still the repercussions of being terminated for cause are less severe now than they used to be before. What if an employee resigns, or if, more specifically, if an employee is responsible for termination? Uh, so there are different types of uh, in, uh, termination. So one is obviously, like you said, it's termination by company, one is resignation, and then also uh, termination or resignation with or without notice. Uh, so with notice, it's um, basically anytime, whether it's the company that terminates the employee or the, or the employee uh, leaves, um, there is um, there's basically a good cause termination that's with notice. Uh, and then there is in that case, there's notice uh, compensation. And interestingly, so the minimum notice period, and this is quite, this is somewhat different uh, than before. It's uh, there's always a minimum 30 day notice compensation. Uh, but there was no maximum. Now there's a maximum 90 days. We have in the past have seen notice periods that are six months and even nine months, even one year. So now it says maximum 90 days, uh, though it remains to be seen whether companies actually can contractually agree to longer notice period. And then in terms of the employee, and then also as, as was the case before, arbitrary dismissal is still on the books. It's still a benefit that's available to employees. So if they are terminated arbitrarily, uh, they can be entitled to three months compensation uh, or for being arbitrarily dismissed. And that's in addition to their notice period compensation and the end of service. And uh, what's important is that now the calculation of the end of service benefits is the same, irrespective of whether the employee was terminated 
or it resigns and whether it's you know, limited or limited contract. So now it doesn't really matter. You've worked for the company, so you will get the same end of service, uh, whether you are terminated or, uh, or, or you decide to leave on your own. So this is also a, a huge, huge uh, difference or departure from the previous uh, version of the law. Uh, now, uh, talking about for employees resigning, if employees want to resign, uh, they have to give notice, and the notice has to be at least 30 days or, or 90 days, whatever is contractual agreed on. But if they resign without notice, but for cause, this also is now allowed in the law, and that's under Article 45. So let's say you want to resign because you're harassed. So you can see why you may want to resign and not serve your notice. Uh, so that's resignation without notice, but for cause. Uh, and that uh, you could do this and you can you'll still be entitled to all your entitlements, including the notice period compensation. Uh, and you could do this, this sort of termination or uh, resignation without cause if the employer commits breach uh, and the employee then must notify the ministry or the regulating authority within 14 days before leaving. And that's one reason for employee to leave without notice. And another uh, reason, interestingly enough, is for the employee, the employee is subject to assault, violence, or harassment uh, to report this to the authorities within, within five working days. Um, and then from the time that they could actually report this, and then once again, they can leave without, have, without losing any of their benefits. Uh, or if there's a threat to their safety and health in the workplace, uh, then that's another grounds or reason for employees to leave without notice. And this, by the way, what sort of constitutes threat or safety to their safety and health uh, will be further flushed out by the executive regulations. And one more reason or grounds for employees to leave without notice, and that's if they're forced to work substantially different type of work uh, without agreeing to it in writing. Uh, so here it is. Here's a whole litany of grounds that give the right for employees to leave their employment for cause without having to uh, pay, uh, serve the notice and without losing the benefits, which in the past they might have lost. So I think this is truly a, a great development because, let's face it, we've seen a lot of cases of employees, for example, feeling harassed or abused um, uh, or they felt that. You know, they didn't want to be part of the company because the company was doing something improper. Uh, so um, here it is. Now, if they do, they have expressly allowed to leave uh, that, that kind of employment and still be entitled to all of their benefits. Let's get on to the end of employment entitlements in a little bit more detail. We've only mentioned them uh, in passing. Now, all full-time employees will have the same end of service benefits. Uh, and I'll ask you to run through those, just to reiterate those. But what about part-time employees? Uh, so in general, by the way, so end of service, uh, and this is truly um, another uh, quite an important development, and that is in the past, uh, part-time employees were not, only only full-time employees were entitled to what we uh, have come to uh, coin as the uh, end of employment entitlements or mm. yeah, or end of employment benefits. But only full-time employees were, uh, were entitled to those, not part-time. Now the law clearly states that all types of employees are entitled to end-of-service benefits. And that's full-time, part-time, project-based, but they are obviously proportionate to their time to the company. Right. So I could be, for example, a part-time employee, but if I'm working full-time more or less, it's just I have a part-time contract. But ultimately, uh, in terms of my work commitment, it amounts similar to the part-time I'd be entitled to uh, 
they had the same end of service, or if I really just work part-time, which means half uh, of, of what you as a full-time employee would work, I would still get end of service proportionate to my time with the company. Uh, so let's say in that case, it'd be 50%. So I'm still, I would still be entitled to the end of service. It just be in, in uh, correlation to my time given to the company. So this is a huge uh, difference. And I think it's great. Uh, so, um, and then, so that's, that's basically uh, on that. Now, with regards to, uh, I already mentioned this, uh, in, in, with regards to full-time employees, but all, all employees, by the way, so there's no longer difference between uh, whether the employee is being terminated or they resign. They right. entitle the same end of service benefits as before, yep. uh, as you know, it, uh, under either circumstance. And this is very important because in the past, for example, you worked for a limited contract for three years. You had a limited contract and you resigned after two years. You would lose out on all your benefits. So you would not receive any end of service. And um, you would even sometimes have to pay additional one and a half month of salary to the company for leaving your contract early. Uh, now it doesn't matter whether you resign or you're terminated. The end of service benefits remain the same. Uh, and um, termination without notice, even if you, so if you're being terminated without notice, even then you have, you're still entitled to the end of service. And that's what I mentioned before is if you're terminated for cause and therefore uh, without uh, the requirement of serving notice or being compensated for notice, in that case, you're still entitled to receive your end of service entitlements. And that's the 21 days of basic salary for every year of service. And then, uh, and then it's uh, 30 days of basic salary for every year of service after uh, or, you know, six year plus. Uh, also, there's a new provision in the law that states that end of service must be paid within 14 days from the end of end of contract. That's as per new Article 53. So this is quite interesting because we know so many cases where employees leave and, and then they spend years waiting for the end of service to be paid. So now the law specifically provides that end of service has to be has to be paid within 14 days. How it will be enforced it remains to be seen, but certainly is a tremendous step forward. So that's about it. So uh, overall, uh, termination is now a lot more flexible and it's a lot less punitive and termination of employment I'm talking about, not necessarily being terminated, but the end of employment is now a lot more flexible, uh, less punitive, uh, more equitable, uh, and um, perhaps more protective of employees' interest by virtue, for example, of that provision that requires the companies to pay employees end of service within 14 days. Uh, Ludmilla, just one brief final question on this. There's new regulation in the event that an employee passes away or whilst employed as well. Actually, this is a great, um, a great provision as well. And now the law ultimately allows, in fact, perhaps calls for employees uh, to uh, nominate a person that, uh, and, and share that nomination with their company, a person who would receive uh, their end of service entitlements in the event of the employee's death. So this is something that obviously now is expressly provided for in the law and in theory and in practice, employees should, um, should provide to the company at the outset, and companies specifically should be asking this information from all of their employees and having this sort of registered in the database. Uh, so in that case, when the employee passes away, the employer must pay the nominated person, the employee's end of service within 10 days of the employee's death or from the time that uh, the relative knows uh, of the employee's death. And I tell you, this is also quite interesting because we, um, we have we've had a number of cases where 
the family of employees. We have one case where the family of an employee who had worked for a company here for 35 years uh, passed away and the company still has not paid the end of service because they're demanding, for example, a court order. Well, a court order for relatives who are already grieving the, the loss of their loved ones mm. and they're coming from a different country is a little bit impractical. But uh, now there's a specific provision that allows and perhaps I would I would argue that even calls for companies to be proactive to get that uh, information from their employees so they have it on records so in the event something got forbid were to happen at least there is an easy way for the family to be able to tap into um, that compensation uh, that uh, their relative uh, had accumulated over the time of their life and i think this is actually huge because there's so many employees here uh, that work for decades and provide for their families back home and granted, they send salaries back home, but they also, legally speaking, accumulating entitlements for the end of service for every year of their service in the country. So um, and for many, many of these employees in particular, perhaps in the service sector and construction uh, and domestic workers, um, this is a, it could be a lot of money uh, for their families. And so and their families at the same time, in practical terms, would never be able to come here and claim that end of service compensation in the past. They just... It's just it's too cumbersome. It's too uh, it requires a uh, formal court process, and it's just really unattainable. But now with this provision, I would argue there is an obligation for companies to find out who these the relatives are, have them listed in the um, in the records, and therefore, uh, if in the event of death, there's no no requirement for a formal court process for um, uh, for for companies to go and find who that one relative should be who should receive the the employees end of service and also obviously then it would not allow companies to unfairly hold on kind of have this windfall right and hold on to entitlements that really belongs to someone else that's part six in our mini podcast series and our rather longer podcast on the UAE's new employment law, the end of employment entitlements. And that's another episode of Logical updates the UAE's employment law in hopefully six easy pieces or one larger podcast, depending on how you like to listen. Ludmilla Yamalova is the managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka, as ever, a legal expert here on Logical as well. Thank you, Ludmilla. Thank you, Tim. As always, it's been very insightful to be chatting with you. You can find us at LY Law on social media easily, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, wherever you like. We've also now got a really easy to search library of hundreds of podcasts on all kinds of legal issues here in the UAE, and they are all free to download and listen to. If you'd like a legal question answered in a future episode of Logical or a consultation with a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.